Welcome back to a show to be named later. I'm Stuart Blair, joined alongside Dan Lapidus and Alec Davis. Uh, as always, how are you two doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Just uh, like I said, another week I took today off, which was a, a much needed day off and uh, taking all of next week off. So uh, yeah, some time off that I'm really looking forward to. Look at you yeah, using your PTO. Using my PTO. Using my PTO. <laughs> Having having PTO like an adult. Um, God, I'm so old. We're we're snowed in here, and the uh, high temperature on Sunday is going to be a whopping zero degrees. So that's less than ideal. But on the other okay, hand, gen- Juve beat Inter today, so I'm happy. Genuinely, how do how does anyone live in Chicago? I human settlement. A lot of people do. Yeah, like, (laughs) third largest metro area in the country. But human settlement in this part of the world was a mistake. Like, it is so, so cold. Like, Lake Michigan is steaming because that's how fucking cold it is here. Also, I would like to point out I'm recording in my bedroom at my desk. And there are two windows in front of me that face out onto the street. The windows don't close and are currently covered up with plastic sheeting. So that's fantastic. It's unbelievable when you're, like, (sighs) wishing for the days of Pittsburgh weather. Yeah, the wind chill chill is going to be in the, like, dozens of degrees below zero. That sounds yeah, incredible. I saw a video today where like it was just like waves on Lake Michigan just with ice in it. Yep. It's like how does anyone live there? I saw I saw a video of like a group of people in Toronto like skating on the lake or river that's located in Toronto. I don't know Canada geography very well. Uh but like the piece of ice like broke off. So they were just like in the middle of the the body of water on like a floating piece of ice. And I was, so that would be Lake Ontario. That would be like, yeah, they are floating in the middle of Lake Ontario. And I was just like, God. That doesn't seem ideal. No, it doesn't. Canada, man. They. The, the funny thing is, is that they're all like really relaxed about it. They were like, oh, seems like we're floating away. <laughs> this isn't good. And I'd be like, I, like, if that were me, I would be like in the fetal position, like, like possibly like weeping. <laughs> So, like, being in the fetal position in that scenario means that you're laying on the ice, which seems cold. I, I didn't say that it was a, it was the correct move. I would say that would probably be the, <laughs> just the decision that I went with in, in a response to the just sh- absolute fear that I would be in at that point. Uh I, I, I'm sure that there is, like, some Canadian Coast Guard that's like, you know... It's just another Monday. Chunk of ice breaks off. People are now just stuck in the middle of the lake. But ah, and the Americans in the fetal position. Ah, and the American can't handle it. <laughs> it's it's okay. None of these cities has the cloud cover that Pittsburgh has in March. And thank God for that. Thank God for depressing gray skies. 
It's a, speaking of it's depra- a real shame too because sunny Pittsburgh is best Pittsburgh as far as I'm concerned. Sunny it is Pittsburgh's absolutely gr- gorgeous there when it's sunny. I think it's so beautiful because we get it so little. Yeah, exactly. You get it like once a year where you get like this wonderful day of just sunny Pittsburgh and that's it. I Back wanted, to gray cloudiness and <laughs> to you. I wanted to uh, make the transition of speaking of dark gray clouds. Let's talk about the Nolan Arenado trade. That doesn't seem like dark and gray and scary. That seems like wonderful joy. And for a moment in time, sports are not pain. I don't. What about you, Lap? Do you, does that sound like beautiful blue skies? The Nolan Arenado trade. So there's a there's two sides to this. One, yeah, okay, the Cardinals just got one of the best third basemen in baseball and didn't have to give up any meaningful prospect capital, and in fact got paid for their troubles. On the other hand, that allegedly seems to have convinced uh, Tom Ricketts to let the Cubs spend a little more money. So there's that. I mean, how... So so for the Cubs, Jock Peterson... Okay. Jock, Pe- yeah. Jock Peterson and a whole bunch of reclamation projects for the starting rotation. So the Cardinals, so the Cardinals trade for what actually might be the best third baseman in baseball, maybe not named Manny Machado, but Arenado might be better than Machado. And you counter with Jock Peterson and reclamation projects. It was more than Hoyer yes. was allowed to spend last week. Yeah, I just mentioned it's going to be zero <laughs> degrees here. I got to find the bright side somewhere. <laughs> uh, you got an exciting lefty pontoon bat. Nothing more. We got we got a better version of Schwarber. Schwarber was an everyday hitter. Schwarber was really bad against lefties. True. Like. Basically, basically, the way I think Ross is going to handle this is that against lefties, Bryant will move out to left field and Bodie will play third base. But that could change. But Schwarber, Schwarber was not quite as bad as Peterson against lefties, and Schwarber is a worse defensive outfielder. Schwarber also can walk, which kind of makes his value uh, against lefties much higher that's true uh, but yeah the but, the arenado thing i'm trying i'm trying to find the bright side anywhere i can but uh, uh, let me just let me walk you through the processing of the arenado trade from a fan of a, a from point of view of a cardinals fan so ken rosenthal reports it and it's kind of like okay whatever this is the yearly cardinals try to trade for rocky superstar Trade rumor. Like this there is have a thing been that's been a lot going of those, on. haven't there? It's been going on yearly since like twenty, no, like two thousand. Larry Walker, like, Matt what? Holiday, Larry Walker. No, so Larry Walker, and then it's like, oh, right, we're trading for Matt Holiday. We're trading for Matt Holiday. Holiday gets traded to the A's. Cardinals trade with the A's to get him Holiday, and then it was too low for a while, and then it was Cargo. Uh who was actually traded from the A's to the Rockies uh, for Matt Holliday. Uh, and then it was Nolan Arado, and Nolan has been the last couple of years. Oh, there might have been a rumor for Trevor Story in there as well. I, I, I remember the Arenado rumors last season. 
I I can't get I can't get over the fact that the Cardinals are getting this year of Arenado for free. Like I think literally they got a free. They're they're literally they got a free trial. I I think they're literally Arenado. <laughs> the Rockies to are still signing the paychecks. Like they didn't even just like kick the Cardinals some cash. No, the paychecks are still being drawn from an account in Denver. Like, I, I do not know how to process any of this because it just seems like, all right, let's say Arenado is just bad. Like, god-awful. It doesn't matter. He's not being paid by the Cardinals this year. I he, If he's super great, he can opt out. But here's the like, thing if you're Arenado, because that's the thing is, like, the Rockies made that trade, and I guess, like, the gamble the Cardinals are taking on those two opt-outs. But if you're Nolan Arenado and you're currently seeing what's happening in free agency and baseball, why in the world would you opt out when you're at, like, you're in one of the most stable franchises in baseball, a team that's currently contending in what's going to be a really bad division, you have still one of the biggest contracts in baseball, I guess you could possibly get a bigger contract, but I wouldn't bet on that if you're going to be, what, 30, 31? So, 31? I mean, like... I just don't see... You know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. Maybe something does happen where, like, a team like the Yankees or the team like uh, the Dodgers are, just go out and be like, we'll throw stupid money at Arenado. But if I'm Arenado, I'm in about as good of a situation as I can be. Yeah, I mean, I don't see him opting out largely because there's an impending labor strike or lockout or whatever you want to call it. That too. Uh, both sides mutually agree not to play uh, after this offseason. Like, that's happening. We're going to see no so baseball like, in 2022 is what you're saying. Uh, my prediction is a well-shortened season. That actually is more optimistic than... I figured because, well, let's just say talks between the union and the owners have uh, been less than ideal. No, but like, if there is no season due to a prolonged labor lockout, TV money starts needing to get paid back, and that's a lot of revenue the owners don't want to lose, plus not having ticket revenue. Uh, we're talking like actual, like possibly several years in the red at that point. So they have a financial incentive not to have a prolonged lockout. However, there's going to be two expansion teams to kind of pump the league with expansion fees, but that's another. That's another. That's a discussion for a different day. But like, just go. That's a discussion for a different day. Uh, but going through, because I'm on MLB Pipeline right now, the Cardinals, because they, they still haven't technically moved these prospects off the Cardinals list, but they traded for the number eight guy in the Cardinals system, the number 19 prospect, the number 22 prospect, a guy who is not in the top 30, and a major league, uh, a major league pitcher, which I believe you said, Stuart, has like regular shoulder injuries. Or am I wrong on yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, so, so like, 
let me go through it. So Montero is the third baseman who is right now the third best third base prospect that the Cardinals have. He always would make sense in this trade. So they, they traded like a guy who projects to be a solid third baseman utility fielder. High potential, low floor. We'll see what he is. Uh, the other two I have never heard of in my life. That's a good and sign. And then the other guy and the other guy just isn't even ranked. In a fairly like not the best fit system, but like a top fifteen okay. system in the league. So that's not great. The uh, the Pirates got more for I believe both Tyon and Musgrove than what the Rockies got for Nolan Arenado, or at the very least, it's it's the same, which is also it, it, crazy. It's not the same because they're sending fifty million over. It's so like, crazy that that Nolan Arenado like, got less than a pitcher who is coming off of his second Tommy John surgery. It's it's not even like that. Like the Rockies did a salary dump in which they're they increase their payroll. From the previous year. Like, the Rockies, in an attempt to cut costs and cut salary, are now paying more this year than they would have if they didn't make that trade. I I, I got nothing for that. That is... That is bad. Like in a in a deeply sort of like problematic way for the sport. I mean, we we talked earlier about the like Darvish trade and some of the uh, like Mookie Betts. Uh, Betts is still probably the most egregious, but uh, at least the Red Sox didn't pay the Dodgers fifty million bucks for Betts. Um, yeah. The, and the Darvish trade, like, Darvish is in his mid-30s. If you can trade a guy like that for value, it's hard to say no. Um, but this, this is, says something Lindor, really Lindor concerning about the... Oh, Lind, yeah, the Lindor trade Lind. is another bad one. So I, I was just thinking about this as, um, as we were sitting here talking. In the NBA, if you want to make a trade, there are certain salary matching rules that have to um, be met in order for a trade to be approved, right? Which, with the idea of preventing something like this, the durations don't have to match. But, like, if you trade a guy who's making $30 million this coming season, the guy's going back the other way, there's a certain amount of give and take, like, I don't know, it could be like 10% either end or whatever, but they have to like come within a certain range of being at that same salary point. I actually didn't know that because I don't yeah, think the so I don't think the NHL does that. Most leagues don't. No the 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 NBA salary cap uh, is the NBA a beast. is just it, it's just weird. The the it, yeah it, it's like it, it, it's hard to explain because it's a cap but also isn't a cap. Right, because you, can, like pay, you, you can, can pay the luxury tax and whatever, and there are bird rights. So, like, yeah. A te- so, like a team like say the Rockies or the Cleveland baseball team that, at least as far as I know, has yet to be renamed. 
um, like they are able to offer, you're able to offer like a larger contract to a homegrown player. Like you're able to offer them a longer length and more money. Yeah, I mean, so, like, this is not something that, like, the MLS does this as well. Uh, it's not unheard of, but I do not think the players' union ever will want to give the owners rights or implement a salary cap or, like, kind of, like, what this is a product of is the fact that there's a soft cap in baseball. But, and they're already, I, I've said this before, and I, I will continue to say it, the players have to recognize that there is a salary cap. Like, baseball has a de facto salary cap, even if it does not have a de jure one. Also, let's let's stop pretending that, like, the Denver sports market is a small market. Oh, yeah, with all that weed, with all the weed and beer money, they are not short on... This is a team that was routinely in the top of the tendons the previous decade like like pretending the rockies cannot afford a big contract one big contract not multiple one for a pretty damn good player is fucking insane i i agree with that i i think it's <laughs> i think it's a joke but i i, I, mean, I also think we're getting to the point i i like i think we're getting to the point too where i mean you know, it seems like with so many of these cities, I mean, you bring it up, Stu, that Pittsburgh really, I, I believe it's a small market, but it's not as small as it makes it out to be. Um, Pittsburgh, in the grand scheme of things, is a small market. It is like 20th, it's in the low, like mid to high 20s in metro size. Yes. It's one of the bottom five markets. Uh, it's actually about the same size as the St. Louis market from a TV metro population perspective like it's not the smallest in the division it's so bigger than milwaukee and so bigger than cincy but but the thing is is that we now there is now what 18 through 30 in terms of payroll ranks in major league baseball are 100 100 are under 100 million there are what like 14 teams that have a payroll under 100 million. And I know COVID has something to do with that. Obviously, it's uh it's a, a big part of it, but at the same time, I don't think these numbers dramatically increase without COVID. I I think you are looking at No. You have to look at this at this, you know, big market versus small market, and I've said this time and time again. You need to sit down with these owners and be like all right, this can't happen. The regard, and I said this before. Like, I don't care if it's the problem with small markets not spending enough or big markets having too much of the uh, of the of the pie. I don't care anymore. Like, you have to recognize the inequality in baseball is a problem, or this, things like this are going to happen. And once again, MLB not only doesn't acknowledge, you know, refuse to to speak on it, they don't even acknowledge it. Okay, but in this case, this trade, it's a team with a factually larger market and a better attendance record over the past decade, making a salary dump 
to a team with a smaller market and a and less attendance. Granted, they're both the top five in attendance, and Denver, while being much larger than St. Louis, is not the same as, say, New York to Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, we could say that the disparities between the smaller markets like the Kansas Cities and Cincy's compared to LA and New York and even Boston are massive. But let's not pretend Denver is a small market. Like, let's not. No, De- yeah, Moses. Denver, Denver cannot legitimately be called a small Phoenix? market. Phoenix? Phoenix is like the Phoenix is, fifth largest city in the country, something like that. Yeah, Phoenix was dumped, traded Goldie because they didn't want to build around it. Like, Phoenix? That's not a small market. I mean, is this also a situation, like, too, that's similar to, like, the Watson situation where it wasn't, this, it wasn't like, a, a, I mean, it, it ended up being a salary dump, but it was just one of those things where it was like, this relationship is just so untenable, it's so ruined, that we just need to get rid of this guy. Well, yeah, part of the recent original was ruined because the previous year the Rockies started trading him the year after they signed an extension that had the opt-out that the Rockies forced upon Arenado. Like, Dolan, by all accounts, wanted to stay in Denver. Yeah, I- it, it, it was the Rockies trying to trade him after signing him to this extension that destroyed the relationship. And once again, Denver is not a small market and by all means should be financially similar, if not in a better position than St. Louis. Like, I, 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 like, I, I could get behind like, yeah, the inequality between small market teams and baseball does kind of need to be addressed. But at the same time, a large part of it is just owners of mid to large market teams just not wanting to pay market value for their players. And that's kind of driving the situation where we're at now. And I've said this is like salary cap, whatever. I guess th- that's a, a discussion that's not going to happen. I still don't understand why a salary floor doesn't get, doesn't get discussed. I mean... Even if it only ends up being, you know, uh, an X amount of money, you have you have seven teams that are currently, no, eight teams that are currently under seventy million. Even if you implement an eighty, if, even if you implement an seventy to eighty million dollar cap floor, you have eight teams that need to spend anywhere from four, to, like from you know five to forty million dollars. That is so many more players getting signed. If I'm the players union, that's that's my in. Th- thing is, players the players even rather fight for axing a year of league minimum, or uh, changing compensation for free agents, or one of changing service time rules. There are things that are much more bigger to the union than they are to, say, a salary floor. Because because unions I, function on seniority, right? So they have a I mean, they this, have a vested interest in dealing with those sorts of issues. 
I mean, but even then, like, this is changing. The, the union has definitely changed its priorities from focusing more on big free agents to focusing on things that actually kind of do make a difference for utility players and lower and younger guys. Like, changing service time shenanigans and even going after a year of league minimum is kind of a marketable shift from the priorities of the union. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Well, the the like, shift also the shift also is that you know the one the one group of people who aren't suffering from this are those big free agents. Like, yeah, they have to wait longer. But like George Springer got a huge contract. We see all the guys you expect to get big contracts are getting big contracts. Cole got a contract. Machado got a contract. Harper got a contract. Um, like Strasburg got a restructuring of his contract. I mean, you're still seeing all these like guys that you would expect to get big money. They're still getting big money. So once yeah. you kind this of year, have that, it's different in that they're getting the big money, but they're stretching it out over longer periods of time. So like, Ray Mutu's deal, uh, in that he did five years, 115 million, 120 million around that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, that deal would have been probably around three to four years if not a couple of years ago. But wouldn't Rio Milto want the additional year? Isn't term, like, more term better? Uh, higher average value in this case. So he took the, I want, this is the amount of money I want, 115 to 120 million, but I want it over, instead of getting 30, 30 million a year, I'm going to take 25 million a year, and I'm going to add on an extra year. I mean, fair. I don't. I. I still don't see like. Once again, con- considering all the other free agents that still need to be signed, who aren't going to be signed, I still have a hard time feeling bad for Real Muto. No in situation. No, but like, th- like the reason why you go after a league of league minimum or changing service time requirements is that it bumps everyone's player age that they hit free agent up. So it means that superstars are more valuable, but it also means the mid to low tier free agents are also more valuable. Yeah, because like, like a difference between thirty and twenty nine is huge. Yeah, I th- I think getting rid of a year of major league minimum is probably good. I also think that you know if they want to get creative, you know, going with something like you know, restricted free agency or the transition tag that the NFL uses where you get to test the open market and then your original team can match whatever comes out from that. Like that could help. But yeah, I I, I think that it starts with it, the problems start with players. As soon as they're getting into the league, the club is trying to pull stunts to, get more control or lower their salaries yeah yeah i mean this is like i guess the only analogy i can think of is that major league baseball is kind of operating on the soccer model and that it's basically a free-for-all but there's only one nation that actually has teams gotcha so like I mean, I mean, you saw Tanaka go to Japan. Moral story. Yeah. 
some players will go to Japan. A lot of these low-level to mid-tier guys will go to Japan and Korea uh, and have a lot of success. Uh, look no further than Eric Thames. Uh, and it's starting to become a point where like that's actually a, like a viable option now for a lot of these players. But at the same point, I, I guess maybe the, the, the point of the entire discussion is that the relationship between the union and the league itself and the owners is so fractured to the point where you can propose reasonable compromises and they will not happen. Because uh, they're so fundamentally apart. It's like, yes. The owners would love a salary cap and will trade revenue sharing for a salary cap. And they'll probably even accept the salary floor for a salary cap. That is something that is a non-starter for the union. And for the stuff that baseball would have to give, the owners would have to give up to get to that. It's something that they would never accept. So... Bright conversation yeah. we're having today. No baseball. Great. Not to be a downer, but <laughs> but baseball uh, is sad these days. The sport that I love baseball. is slowly dying. Yeah, you want and greed is killing it. But with that, we could talk about the sunny shores of Cabo, uh, where Matthew Stafford and. His new coach, Jared... No, not Jared Goff. Oh, Jared. <laughs> Sean McVay uh, met up after their most recent trade. Man, Jared How do you Goff, like that transition? Re- the Rams really <laughs> gave up on Jared Goff. They were like, we don't even want you on the field anymore. We don't want you on the field for other teams now. We're trading you, and you have to be a coach. Yeah, you, you're done. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, the way I view the the Rams and Jared Goff is kind of like that scene from Toy Story where Andy just drops Woody and says, I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> I forgot. You're broken. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that is a toy. That's, that's Toy Story 2, by the way. Toy Story 2. Oh, is it Toy Story 2? It is absolutely Toy Story 2, yes. Uh, it was, I thought it was one when he get, got, like, buzz. Toy Story 1 is when he gets buzzed. Toy Story 2 is when Woody, like, his arm rips. Oh, and he's like, I don't want to play with you. Yeah. In that one, he doesn't I want mean, to play with I mean, this analogy works. This analogy works either way, but I I'm mean, just... I, Toy yeah. Story 2 was a it was a integral part of my childhood, and I I would be doing myself uh, an injustice if I didn't if I didn't correct. So, so you mean Jared Goff broke his thumb, and that's it? The Rams were done? So they traded for I, a more injury-prone quarterback. Uh, a better one. I mean, injury prone. He because, is better. Injury prone because the Lions uh, are uh, don't know how to find talent if it hit him in the face. Oh no! They know how to find talent. They have found some generational talents, like they don't know, Calvin Johnson, they don't Barry know how to Sanders, cultivate talent. Nagamian, they, wa- they waste like Sue. They waste yeah. it. They, they, they are, they they are masters in wasting it. They are so profligate 
when it comes to the talent they do manage to acquire that it they might as well just not have any. I mean, they've had Matt Stafford for more than a decade. They had Calvin Johnson for a decade. And, like, what do they have to show for any of it? Nothing. Literally they have nothing. They have a playoff loss in which we genuinely did not know what a catch was afterwards. I don't even remember the playoff game that they lost, honestly. I think it was to the Cowboys. Also, Safford has an 0-3 playoff record. What were his other two playoff appearances? I, I do not remember. Like, the Lions have gone to the playoffs three times. And I don't remember any of those games. I, wa- I want to ha- say they won a... They made a wild card berth back in like 2017-ish? When, like, Rasheed Codwell had a couple of, like, good... But the... Yeah, the, the Lions are honestly... And I can I can say this because I watch them twice a year. Ah, like, I, ha- I have... I have they're the just kind of I have the there. They really are. Like, I hate the Packers. Um, and the Packers hate the Bears. That's that's how that works. The Vikings, not to the same degree, but there's no love lost there. Like those three teams collect that like triangle of teams: the Vikings, Bears, and Packers, all collectively pretty well hate each other. And the Lions are just, like, the band kids in the high school lunchroom that everyone just kind of leaves alone because they're so pathetic you feel bad picking on them. Like, they're just... They are that a was such entity a, That was a brutal burn. <laughs> are, are the Lions the horse girls of the NFL? Horse girls? <laughs> do i want do, do to know not, what that is <laughs> do you not know the... <laughs> wait, 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 wait do you not know no i don't i'm starting to wonder oh if god. i want to oh god you're you are from a city oh yeah man, like that I, was awesome i took i took the subway to get to school every day like <laughs> Horse, so it's so, very it, self-explanatory. The horse girl is just a girl who really likes horses. Is really into horses, like, like worryingly into horses. Yeah, no, we didn't have that. <laughs> we had like My Little Pony Bros, and that's about as close as we came. Very we did different. not have those. We did not have those. Very. I don't think we had those. Not not publicly, no. at least. No, no, no. If if you publicly said that, you would have been... Sh- your ass would have been beat. This conversation has oh. taken a strange turn. <laughs> yeah, all, all, sorry. I am shocked I, we I, did not have... We did, we did not have horse girls. I, I, guess in, I guess in what... Like, where in Chicago was your school? Literally downtown. Like, when NATO came to Chicago for the NATO summit, we got the day off school. Oh, so you were like... You are deep in Chicago. Like six blocks from the Sears Tower. Okay, so yeah, you definitely did not have horse girls. 
Definitely did not. Of course it was. You had a day off for NATO. I had a day off for the first day of deer. Same thing. <laughs> and I'm in. At the least I assume, I assume that I was a, a regular occurrence. Oh yeah, we got a five day Thanksgiving weekend because of it. They almost there was also serious discussions to give us the second day of deer and the first day of trout and the first day of bow. Yeah, we we yeah, had none of this. We got Pulaski Day. Is weird. <laughs> Alec is just wondering what it's like him in his suburban hell. I was, I, yeah, I was, I like went to like the most suburban school you could think of. So we didn't have, like the school next to us got, uh, got hunt, hunting day off. We didn't because we are, we're the last school in Allegheny County before it becomes Westmoreland. So we're just right on that border, but we're still like technically suburbious, like leading into urban area. But we are all from very different parts. <laughs> like since so, uh, we're on the full gambit. The the lions, eh? They're the lions. <laughs> They're the horse girls of, or the band kids of the NFL. The lions are I don't even know. The lion like they're just there. Yeah, like seriously, who hates the Detroit Lions? Like the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. Uh, actually, yeah. I was about to say, I feel like that's like a measure of a team's impact, right? Like, when Brady was there, people hated the Patriots. Or, like, people hate the Yankees or the Cowboys or Duke basketball or whatnot. Like, these teams have, like, a footprint. And that that's one of the ways you can tell is, like, the amount of, like, hatred they inspire. Who Nobody are the hates the Lions. Look, before, before we get into that, into that discussion, the three playoff games that the Lions were in the Matthew Stafford era... 2017, they lost to the Seahawks 26 to 6. Oof. 2015, they lost to the Cowboys 24 20. Yep, that's a catch game. And 2012, they lost to the Saints 45 to 28. Oof. Okay. Oof. Those are also, I think, the three Lions playoff games of our lifetime. Yes. Uh, they had a playoff game in 2000 where they lost to Washington 27 13. And in 97, technically we were all alive back then, they lost to Tampa Bay 20-10. to 10. They lost to oh the... Oh, God, this franchise is cursed. They, yeah, lost like, to the, they lost to the 1997 Bucks. Who was on were that Were those team? the John Gruden Bucks? No. Or were they still the Dungy Bucks? I think those were the Dungy Bucks still. Oh, God. Yeah, okay, like, that's when Tampa... T- yeah, that was. That's that not was bad. The that's when the Tampa, Tampa two. Be- but like, uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they had they had like Lovey Lovey Smith was their DC. But yeah, like hating yeah, the Lions yeah. is one of those things that like it reflects more on you than on the Lions. Okay, no, back when like Sue was kind of like doing all his dirty shit. But then you you hated Indomik and Sue. Like the hatred of Indomik and Sue followed him when he left. Um, yeah, although. I guarantee you the entire city of Chicago has wanted to kick Jay Cutler in the balls at some point, so maybe we thank him for that. Who are the who are the Yeah, li- Jay Cutler is still your best quarterback, so go easy on him. No, L- Luckman the is the best quarterback in, the in Bears. The least hateable teams in the NFL. Yes. Who are the li- if we're going on tiers, who is in the Lions tier of hateable teams? Before the Chargers uh, moved, I would have ex- thrown them in. Yeah, the Chargers, San Diego. The Cardinals. The St. Louis Rams. The Arizona Cardinals. 
Yeah. Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals just annoy me for wasting Larry Fitzgerald's career. Yeah, that's... that's yeah. Mm, yeah. Does anyone hate the Jets? Patriots hate the Jets. The, the, the Jets teach us to laugh at other children. Yeah, yeah. Do, does anyone hate, like, the Dolphins? I'm sure their division rivals do. I think, yeah, I think, Bill, I think Bill's fans... I think Bill's fans hate the Dolphins. The Bill's fans hate tables. I mean, fair point. <laughs> I I don't I, know. Does anybody, like, what about your division, Stu? Does anyone actually hate the Jaguars? Yeah, fuck the Jaguars. Okay, well, that answered my question. Uh, uh, again, I, I mean, like, like, teams like the Jaguars I, and Jets are just like, they honestly just teach us to laugh at other people. Okay, Saxonville was kind of fucking annoying, but that lasted a year, so like, I think they've uh-huh. I think they've more than gotten their comeuppance for their pretentiousness back in 2017. Yeah, like like the Texans, fuck the Texans because they're run by an actual cult leader. Uh, the Titans could fuck off too, but like I don't hate those teams as much as I say hate the Patriots. Does anyone hate I, the Broncos? The Chief, yeah, the Chiefs. AFC West. Oh, yeah, Chiefs-Broncos Chiefs, Chiefs, yeah. is, a, is a thing, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, like, the best counterpoint for the Lions would be uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. No, people, I mean, Reds, no, Reds, I've been to Cincinnati enough times to know that Reds fans really hate the Pirates. Yeah, but no one else in that division hates the Pirates. Lap, do you hate the Pirates? No, honest. I mean, after... After five and a half years of living in Pittsburgh, I honestly don't hate any Pittsburgh sports teams. I find the, the Steelers, Steelers can again, go fuck themselves. I find the Steelers <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> in it's fun. It's fun. you know what's really funny when you grow up in Pittsburgh is that you have this like weird like mindset that like other than like the Ravens and the Browns, obviously, like you have this mindset that no one hates the Steelers, and then you grow up and you realize, oh. Everyone hates the Steelers. Look, the Steelers are to the NFL what the St. Louis Cardinals are to baseball. Yes, absolutely. And we've discussed this before. And and yeah. guess what? I really hate the Cardinals. I would probably hate the yeah. Cardinals if I even if I wasn't in their division. Yeah, like like that's because like look, yes, the Steelers have not won a playoff games in three years, and they desperately need a quarterback. We all know what's happening in two years. Within two years. The Steelers are going to pull off some bullshit trade or acquisition or free agent signing. We'll sign Dak. And it's going to... Yeah. Something that stupid. We're like Something where it's like, no way in hell this should have been allowed. But here it is. The Steelers are now fucking good again. Whoop-de-doo. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Which, by so- the way, uh, just on that point... Uh, Ed Bouchette, who is one of the actual Pittsburgh sports media people that I actually trust, said, quote-unquote, I've been told that a reunion for, with Big Ben Roethlisberger might not work out, and has also said that listening to both sides, especially Art Rooney, I don't think there's a full embrace of a return. Interesting. So Yeah, that's the right move. It, it is the right move. I want to quickly mention alec you said that when you grow up you think grow up in pittsburgh you think no one hates the steelers you grow up and realize everybody hates the steelers i did not realize how many people hated the steelers until i moved to pittsburgh pennsylvania and like i guess then the steelers were like more part of my consciousness but like growing up out here i was like oh yeah the steelers are fun 
Big Ben is a douche, but you know, aside from that, they're. So, like, you didn't grow up in like rural PA where all the fans around you were Eagles, Steelers, or the Patriots, and every one of them was insufferable. Oh yeah, no. See, we everyone here is a Bears fan, and they just spend sixteen Sundays a year drowning their sorrows in old style and malort. So yeah, you here, don't have the insufferable Steelers fan to deal with. Here's here's the thing that I always say, and I don't know if the, I believe this is kind of true, but I don't know for sure, that out of all of the big franchises in the NFL, the Packers, the Steelers, the Cowboys, I guess you can say the Giants since they're in New York, the Eagles, I think the Steelers are the least hated out of that group. No, who hates the Giants? Uh, everyone in the NFC East. That division but everyone in the NFC East feud. hates everyone. That's just the NFC East. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think the rivalries, like, from all four teams in that division are, and three of them make sense, right? They're on I-95 and they're within, like, two hours each of each other. Okay, um, no, the, all four of them make sense. Yeah, three of them, they're on I-95. They're cities that are historically... Yeah. Close to each other and culturally significant, and also rivals. But also, the fourth one is the Cowboys, right? And, and fuck the Cowboys, fuck the Cowboys, right. yeah. So I like. I think not only does do those teams all hate each other, but like everyone who's not a Cowboys fan despises the Cowboys. Copy paste that for the Eagles. I was on Team Nuke for the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl, uh, and then yeah, the, pa- the Patriots are another one. Okay. But Washington, for like 20 years, people were like, fuck this team and their racist-ass name. Like, all of those teams are pretty generally disliked. How much much was the fuck the Eagles because you were friends with a obnoxious Eagles fan? Oh, I know way more obnoxious Eagles fans (laughs) than just him. Uh, I, I... So here, here's my here's my impression of Philly, which is granted based off of a very limited sample size of a college visit to Penn and a couple of times staying at aforementioned obnoxious Philly fans' house. The city of Philadelphia is very lovely. I enjoy the food. I enjoy Broad Street. I think the history stuff is fun, but I'm just nerdy that way. But the people... Jesus tap dancing Christ. There are some really so, so annoying ass people in that city. The way I would describe it is everyone is just tired of dealing with everyone else's shit, but they're all on their own bullshit. Yeah, no, Phil. The, the other thing about Philly and our mutual friend Luke Olander points this out a bunch is they have a very outsized, um, sense of their own sporting accomplishments like yes i will boast about the bears and i will like pull off my super fans accent from time to time i also know that the bears are shit and haven't won a playoff game in 10 years the philadelphia eagles win one super bowl and think the world shines out of their ass lap do you uh know the super bowl shuffle not quite I think that's I, not an answer. I think I, I think I learned it. <laughs> not when they quite. To the, I think I learned it when they went to the Super Bowl, but that was also 15 years ago. <laughs> not quite. I do I know the lyrics to memory. Bear Down Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> 
But but again, see, like I know that the Bears are bad. I know that the Cubs went 108 years without winning a World Series and might go 108 more at the rate they're currently going. I know that the Bulls outside of the 90s are the 90s are transcendent enough that you can continue to brag about the Bulls. I know that the Blackhawks went 50 years between Stanley Cups. Like and then they won 3 and 7. And then they right, they won 3 in very quick succession, but like even when I boast about Chicago, like I get that, especially when it comes to the Bears, like we're shit. Philly fans have like the Broad Street Bullies, one Sixers title. The the Phillies went ninety seven years without winning a World Series. You know, like the they, Cubs. Won did, two. The Cubs they won one in the eighties, and then they won one in 07. They were they were formed in eighteen eighty three. They went until 1980 yeah. without winning a championship. They're, they're also one of the only, like, original NL teams to have, a, like, less wins than the Yankees. They were, I think they were the first team to 10,000 losses, too. They were. They were the first team caught by a non-expansion team. Uh, the Pirates are soon to be the next. Can't wait. We, the uh, Pirates do you know? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just random facts about that. The Dodgers are sacked first. The Cubs are second. In uh, what? Wins. Actually, no, it's Giants, Cubs, second. And I mean, the, the Cubs no, have been Giants. around since 1876. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, fun facts. Uh, but going back to... Look, I don't... It's like, out of the big ones... Yes, every team in their division hates their division rivals. Except That's the Lions. sports. And to a lesser extent, Jacksonville. Uh, and the San Diego Chargers. Or Arizona Cardinals. I think the San Diego Chargers were fine, but now that they've moved to L.A., like, okay, you've, you've like, screwed a city out of its football team, and you kind of suck for it. That entire, like... Uh, they got Herbert. At least that's fun. They do have Herbert. We'll see how long until that gets annoying. Look, Not as long as long. he as long as he doesn't uh, go make another kid after every playoff loss, I think we'll be able to live with Justin Herbert. Oh yeah, I hated Rivers, so I hated the Chargers for a very long time. I did forget about that. Why did you hate Rivers? Ah, uh, fair. That just played right into your argument. Like, what has Rivers done to make anyone hate him? He's not won anything. Because Rivers think, I, is one of those people. Rivers is one of those people who always trash talk on the field, but like never backed it up. Maybe, maybe I, this I, is just a Jew thing, but I get very uncomfortable around like people around like public figures who get like very aggressively religious. So like I despise, I for instance, like Tim Tebow. Uh, but I think everyone yeah. despised Tim Tebow. So like R- Richards, like or Rivers, like sort of like public. Um, conservative religiosity and the like wife who essentially serves as a brood mare is like i don't like that that puts me I off mean, i don't know well i mean i i don't know if that's i mean has rivers ever like came out and was like incredibly like pushed forward a religious ideology because that does also also as the other jew in this podcast that also makes me very uncomfortable I hated Rivers because I thought he was a dick, but the religion, I don't think he ever pulled, I don't think, like, like, Tebow pushed a, like, religious ideology. I don't know if Rivers ever did that. I, 
I don't I, think Rivers ever did that either. He he's he's publicly religious. I don't know that he's ever like pushed an ideology about it the way that uh, Tebow did. I mean, let's be clear though. Like the reason he has nine kids is probably because he doesn't believe in birth control. Well, I mean, look, like, the, that's a thing. Like, oh, I, the neighborhood I live in is full of Orthodox Jews who likewise like don't believe in birth control and take be fruitful and multiply way too literally. Yeah. I like, love how I love how this I love how this discussion originally went from Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff and it somehow has come to what Philip Rivers' opinion of birth control is. <laughs> uh, the answer to both is sure, why not? <laughs> uh, uh, does anyone Okay, so Oh, you know from, what else is happening this week that we probably should mention, you know. Can I just before you say that, can I can I can I just say the only thing that I want to say about the, the Stafford uh, golf trade is that everyone thinks – I've seen so many people think that, like, the Lions won this trade in a highway robbery. Do you guys feel that way? Because I certainly don't feel that way. They didn't even get this year's first. Also, the, they, they, the Rams are now about to go, like, seven couldn't. years without a first-round pick. Also, before we move on, I do want to mention that – Philip Rivers endorsed Rick Santorum when he ran for president. So, yes, he has pushed that ideology oh. in public. Oh. Oh, it's God. Ooh. And Jesus, Ooh. Santorum. That's a... Uh, like, God. Buddy, come on. The guy who's so bad, he's literally named for, like, some shit joke. I... I'm, I'm, I have actually read the Savage Love column where... A Santorum gets defined, and I'm not going there. Of course you have. Of course you have. Look, Dan Savage writes a really hilarious sex advice column, and I happen to have read that issue. But no, I'm I'm going back to your... (laughs) (laughs) Lap, you do not need to keep on adding this. Going back to your point, Alec, no, I don't think the Lions won that this, trade in this the podcast robbery. Is, this podcast has <laughs> fallen off the rails so many times today. This is unreal. Yeah, to, to, to circle back to the, your previous point. Yeah, the Lions. <laughs> can, can you? What's your point about? What's your point about the, the trade lap? Oh, so I think the Rams got the better quarterback. Um, they. Yeah, they gave up two first-round picks, but they figure to probably be pretty good for the next couple of years, so those picks probably aren't going to turn out to be that valuable. If Stafford gets hurt, all bets are off. Um, so, so here's the thing with the Rams, is that they're kind of a ticking time bomb. Like, they're really great now, but all their players and their core constantly aging and they're not really replacing them i mean they're they're in they're in that kind of like they're gonna they're in a win now mode and i by win now i mean their window is like two years and then they'll reap the benefits if they win a super bowl then like i get it from the sense of like the nfc right now is not particularly strong especially depending what rogers does and how brave progresses and all that um so i get it i mean you became better you you got to the divisional round with john wofford so i i get you have you have the run game you have 
you know, a good receiving core, not a great receiving core. You got a top five defense. I get it. If they don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I get the trade. Uh, you win the Super Bowl makes sense. If makes not, sense. those two first round picks are going to come back and hurt you. But they've uh, it's now been seven years. I mean, it's weird, but it's been seven years of not getting first round picks. And they're like contending on a fairly regular basis. So it's been four years. They don't they have first don't, round pick they this don't year. They don't have one this year, and they just and traded they their don't next have two. one the next two years. Yes. And like, there's definitely like starting to like this, the issues with that is kind of starting to rear its head. Uh, they don't really have the depth, and they're constantly having to maneuver and let go the good but not great players on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, they're constantly just bleeding free agents, and it's the end is in sight for them. The, the window is closing, and it's closing rapidly, quicker than you realize. Uh, that's just the way the NFL is. I, th- I think that's just a generally true sporting point. Windows always close much quicker than you think they will. Yeah, true. It's, it's uh, unless you have a generational talent at QB. But e- even then, like it, you that like the Patriots window closed hard. Yeah, like well, yeah, yeah. But like like but that was even Paint Manning and Tom Brady forced that window open far longer than those teams had a right to be. Yes, I think that's fair. I think well, the Patriots are also. I believe when it comes to the NFL, that the Patriots from two thousand one to two thousand twenty, I feel like is kind of the exception to the rule of all rules when it comes to the NFL. Um, in terms of uh, yeah. windows uh, and wait until you get the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs uh, when they win their second Super Bowl in two years, and oh, I can only hope. Oh yeah, uh, I'm on Team Mahomes. Fucking throw that thing. Or gunsling it or whatever. I I, I said I think I said this last week where people are like, oh, you know, I just, Brady is now, go, you just have to start appreciating it. And I'm like, no, I don't have to do that. Fuck Tom Brady. No. I hate this. I hate this so much. No. It's, it's I'm getting more die. aggravating as years go by. I'm, I'm going to push back slightly on that. It, it is okay to despise Tom Brady. I think that's a fairly, like, universal opinion outside of New England and now Tampa Bay. But I I do realize this. There are certain athletes where I when they get to a point and you just have to stop and think, wow, like love it, hate it, be indifferent to it. I am watching like someone at the pinnacle of human athletic achievement, and I should acknowledge that and appreciate it, even if I hate Tom Brady, which I do. So, like, I, I, I understand where people are coming from when they say, like, you know, like, appreciate him while he's here because, like, you are watching the greatest football player of all time. I, I tweeted a couple weeks ago uh, that the, I think it was after Tampa won, that the next big milestone in my life is when Tom Brady retires. True. Uh, but I will die on my freaking hill. And I will be mad, and I will hate Tom Brady, and I will appreciate his greatness, but he's not the greatest. Ah! 
continue. Yeah, I'm not. Go, go. I, I really. There are, do, you, do you have like certain people who like don't know each other, and you're just like, God, I want these two in a room so badly, just so they can just debate sports. Because, I, I and and it just in general, like, what would happen? I want you to get in a room with like. With well, I guess Michael Hamby is a person you've you've had sports. I've, I've with. been in a room with Michael Hamby. But yes, but yeah, I I want you to just get into like a d- debate with someone who like strongly disagrees with you, and just I uh, want so to see like you. like the entirety crux of my position is that using team accomplishments to measure individual success uh, is extremely flawed. And taking it to even like just starting to look at things in a vacuum, things kind of break down quickly. Uh, like just to go off Brady, Brady is two and zero in champ in conference championship games when he throws three interceptions. Like he didn't win those games. Because of his individual performance. His team won. It's it's the same thing as pitching wins. I mean, it's a I, little... I, I, court- I think that I think I, a quarterback is slightly more important to an NFL team than a pitcher is to a baseball team. I agree to that, too. But, like, like the, the point still stands that using an individual measure... Okay. Using a team measure, a team... Achievement as a marker for individual success is extremely flawed and always will be. And the only sport in which I could be willing to like see ground on that is basketball because there's five players on the court. And one of those players, the superstar in this case that you're talking about, is on the court for the vast majority of the game, playing both facets. And to use such like player X has X Super Bowl, so he's better than player Y who has none. I mean, my rebuttal, uh, I mean, not my rebuttal to that, but just like, I mean, my question always goes back to this thing of like, okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to try to win their second Super Bowl and have gone to their now third straight conference championship in three years. Do they do that without Patrick Mahomes? The answer is highly, no. highly doubtful. No, but do they do that without Travis Kelsey? Do they do that without one of the best offensive lines in the game? I'll put it this way. It would be easier do they to do, do that without, without Kelsey than it would to do without Mahomes. But do they do that without that? Do they do that without one of the best offensive lines in the game? No, probably not. Do, do they do that without a, like this year, a good defense? No. No, they don't. And, and like, you start getting to the point where you start like looking at this argument where you start measuring quarterback success off of individual, like especially Super Bowl wins. You get stuff like Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino. I think that's something of a straw man. No, it is. But like it's. Yes, a quarterback is largely. very impactful for a team's success and having one is life or death for a team but so is having a good offensive line 
so is luck. So is like the amount of luck that goes into football is big. A lot of things that are outside of the quarterback's control go into whether or not you win a game. Hell, Tom Brady isn't Tom Brady if Adam Vinatieri doesn't hit a field goal in the snow. I mean, yeah, there there like, are there are a lot of those like, like moments. Uh, but it, it's like without a good special teams unit, those Patriots teams don't win as many Super Bowls as they do. And uh, to boil I, it down, I think I, I think a, a a average special teams you can win a Super Bowl with an average special teams. No, like a lot of the early Patriots Super Bowl and playoff wins were predicated by game-winning field goals by Adam Vinatieri. Yes, but an average kicker can make those field goals. True. Also, you have to be able to put your guy in a position to take those kicks. Yeah, but you also have to put yourself in a position to be able to put those. And that's also on the defense. Like, to but boil I, I, down. I also think, I also think, I think it's unfair to say that the only reason people say Brady's the best is because of the fact that he has seven Super Bowls. I mean, it certainly doesn't matter. No, that, that's, that is the crux of the argument because he does not hold a candle to really any other statistical measure. If you want to use counting stats, Breeze has more touchdowns per game, and that's going to get passed by Rodgers. That's going to get passed by Mahomes. Yards per attempt, same thing. Passing yards, same thing. Uh, interception to touchdown ratio, same thing. Like, yeah, the crux is winnings. That's it. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's when you go, when you take a t- okay, you take a team like Tampa, who had a, a eerily similar defense, the same exact offense. Your che- your team didn't change much outside of the fact that Brady showed up and like yeah Leonard Fournette did too you had a couple of you know Antoine Win or yeah. Antoine Winfield Winfield Antoine obviously Winfield, yeah yeah, yeah they, like, there's individual players there but once again if a guy like Jameis Winston is starting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the Buccaneers aren't in the Super Bowl right now true but to say that Brady is the sole reason the Bucs are in the Super Bowl is not true either not the sole reason, but he's a he's a he's a big reason. He, he he's a big part. But to say like, yeah, Brady's the reason why this team's here. I. It still comes down to the fact that the teams with the better quarterbacks. The let's look at the let's look at the four. Let's take Brady out of the equation. Let's look at the other three teams that were in the conference championship. The Packers, the Chiefs, and the Bills. Say what you want about Josh Allen. Those are probably the top three MVP MVP vote getters this year. And those yeah. three teams. And I'm not. Are, yeah, and I'm saying not in those positions having a those big guys. quarterback and a good quarterback is critical to winning games and winning the Super Bowl in the modern NFL. But it's they're the, not it's the, the sole the, reason for winning. It's not There's the a lot more reason. that goes into it. 
And to boil it down and using team markers of success into an individual player is kind of like ignoring the other facets of the game and not a very good way to measure an individual's like achievements. So would you say Peyton so you would say Peyton's the best quarterback of all time? No, I would probably say Rodgers and then probably Mahomes. You're already taking Mahomes this early. No, Mahomes has Look, to Mah- Mahomes has to do it for longer. Yeah, Mahomes has to do it longer. Like it eventually Honestly, if, if you're going to if you're going to put a bullet to my head and say it will the best quarterback be of all time, I would I would probably say it would be Dan Marino. Just because Marino put up numbers that are equivalent of the modern era in a league that are was just so weighted against passing. I mean, that's fair. I mean, Marino wasn't... Marino's numbers after, like, the 87 season, while still really good, still don't hold a candle to those first few seasons that he was yeah. in the league. No, like, if, if I was going to sit down and say, using my, like, Looking at like, like passing yards per game, yards per attempt, touchdowns, all that, you would. There's really not an argument to say that like, why you want to put Marino say above Manning, uh, just because, hell. All the records that Manning was chasing was Marino's records, and Marino did it in a league that was just so, so weighted against passing. True. Uh, to the point where Marino has numbers that stand in a modern sense. Like, if you have a quarterback with Marino's career numbers, you are looking pretty good about yourself. But I, I also understand that this is a losing battle and I am never going to convince anyone. You, I, I once again, I want you to specifically go up against whether it's someone who's a fan of specifically a cuz cuz right now we're both in a position where I, I, me and and by us I mean me and laugh where the best quarterbacks on both of our teams are not as good as any of the quarterbacks we have mentioned right now one closer much closer yeah. than the other but um yeah. Yeah. I, I want you to go I, I want you to have this discussion yes part of my take is fuel, fueled by a stance I took on the Manning Brady debate when I was 5 Yes, I mean like, I part, really part of part that. of the reason that I still insist that MJ is better than LeBron, and well, one because he is, <laughs> but also because I grew up in Chicago and like there was a life size MJ cutout in our apartment growing up, and also LeBron fucked the Bulls year after year after year after year. Yeah, so like I, I get where you're coming from on that one, Stuart. But but like, and, and for me it. it, it it's going to be moot in like 20 years if Mahomes continues on half the pace he's on right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yes. Like how? Very much so. If Mahomes, let's say Mahomes loses this one to Brady, Brady gets his seventh. And Mahomes goes on and wins three more in his career. Like, Mahomes, like, it's just all going to be moot. But with my soapbox 
argument that no one is ever going to agree with me on. Uh, yeah. Unless you guys have anything else you want to add, do you want to call do, it here? Uh, I mean, do you want to? I mean, we're over time. We might as well go a little bit longer. Do you want? Do you? I mean, talk it, about it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Uh, do you want to talk <laughs> about N- Do you want to talk about the the return of NCAA football? Oh, oh yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, we could talk about it. Uh, it's also one of those weird things where I think I'm the only one who regularly played it. You Did still you play, play it, don't you? No, I, I still so play it. Growing up, uh, video games were not a thing that was allowed in this household. So, like, I am very late to all of the sports video game stuff. I yeah. I was a, I was a weird case in that these were all games that my older brothers played. And I would like watch that, like whether it was Madden or MVP baseball or or NCAA football. MVP I baseball, like, I was allowed to have. Yeah, MVP baseball, I played a little bit, I mean, a little bit of the exception to the rule. But as far as like the other games were concerned, those were games that I would like watch them play, and I would watch them go through like the recruiting process, or watch them try to like sign free agents in Madden or whatever. So it's like I, I I've seen the process. I get why people like it so much. I, however, really never played it just because I, I, you know, when they were doing that, I was like eight or nine or maybe 10. And I was just like, I don't think I had like the critical thinking skills on like how to recruit players and how to develop talent. Okay. So I have, I've been playing a version of the NCAA since 2008 with NCAA 09. So like the PS2 games, you don't need to be a rocket science to be good at, uh, because it is very, it is very possible to, like, just get every five star recruit with army like year one. No. <laughs> like, like, su- stupidly easy to do. Uh, but so like, that's not one thing like, people are talking about in CBLA. Those games aren't as they're honestly very close to those Madden games at that time. Like, same okay. engine, same everything. Actually, yeah, no, same mini games and such, too. They're basically Madden, but just reskinned. Uh, but they diverge with the next gen. So, like, NCAA 11 and Madden 11 for the next, like, the third generation stuff start running very differently and the games start playing differently. Uh, yeah, you guys are getting a technical analysis Ooh. of NCAA. Yeah. Uh, after a rant about uh, Tom Brady. Uh, but so, like, they Let's play go. very differently, uh, in which that they're built on a different engine. And for me, the NCAA games aren't as reliant on animations as the Madden ones. So it's more natural. However,. It also allows you to do just the most absurdly stupid things. Uh, like there is no penalty for just running around with a quarterback and just chucking a ball up. Like you could throw a eighty, like a sixty-yard pass off your back foot on the run, running on to your left. Just, just that's a accurate. thing. That's oh, and oh, it's accurate. It's dead on. Like you can. One arm off your back foot, 
just throw the ball 60 yards down the field, hit a guy wide open. It's just stupid. It's fun. Uh, it, it's a moment that, like, no football game has been able to, like, recreate, largely because it's so unrealistic. Uh, and the games have more of an arcade field. But also, they have the most in-depth dynasty system or franchise mode that most modern games have past the PlayStation 2 Xbox generation. So, like, they have an in-depth recruiting system. There's a way to do conference realignment. There's dynamic playbooks, a better playbook uh, playbook creation system and a play creation system. It's more in-depth. Fair enough. Uh, so, the, I guess the question is, are when are you going to buy it? Uh... Since the game's not going to come out in two years, not till then. Oh, it's not coming out for two years. No, like EA came out and said that like we're we're announcing the start of it. Uh, we're gonna start working on it. Look, let's be real here. The reason why they're waiting two years is that they're waiting for a Supreme Court case to rule on national letter of intent, and they're waiting for enough large schools and states to pass national letter of intent laws so that they could just get the licensing for the players. Because otherwise they would have to make a good football game. So, okay, rephrase Alex's previous question. When it comes out, how long will it take you to buy it? Oh, I'm buying it day one. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's, what we, that's what we were getting at. Look, look, you think I wouldn't? <laughs> So here's the thing I, I sent you both of you uh, a snapchat yesterday and I tweeted this in that I'm still waiting on like a very because like I grew up a Nintendo kid I'm still wa- awaiting like an incredibly realistic like Mario sports game where like it's it's like Madden or like something along those lines or like MLB the show but with like Nintendo characters like I, I want a world wow. where like where like you know you have to like furiously negotiate with Yoshi because you think that because he's playing for Yoshi's Island he's t- he would take the hometown discount but for whatever reason he ain't like I I want I want a situation like all Nintendo like yeah Mario gets traded to Hyrule and he's with Link and they're trying to form a super team and the rest of the teams are getting pissed about it like that's that's the thing I'm really waiting on oh. oh. Oh, see, I would just settle for a Super Mario World football game. I would settle for that too, to be perfectly honest with you. They're not going to do that just because American football, like those games, are are made in Japan, and like I just don't. I think Nintendo's like there's just not the market for this outside of the states. But my God, a Mario a Mario football game would be something that I, I, like I have like wished for for majority of my life. Someone has made a video for it. Someone like, like that. Yeah. Like someone told And it is genuinely one of the best like videos and I want it so badly. Someone like yeah, made like a like animated it or like designed it of like what a Mario football game would look like and it like looks really legit and it looks so much like so much fun. And it's like god, just give it to us, please. Just just please. Reggie Please. <laughs> it's just, like, yes, just give me, like, please, just give me, like, 
you need to just like hey you need a, a hail mary just throw waluigi and his just giant ass legs out there and he just let him go up and hopefully get it like uh oh wario's hair Ma- mary instead of a football he throws a bomb and he uh blows up a defender yes uh, or throw like throw a shell pass interference does not sh- like is not a thing throw a green or, or shell. like bowser's DK special is while he's running, uh, he drops a banana and people trip on him. This or, right. or, uh, oh, Yoshi has, Yoshi is always an egg. So, yeah. like, he rolls in an egg. And people can't tackle him. Or, this uh, is amazing. These are yeah. amazing ideas. Uh, oh, man. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, Nintendo, get on it. Nintendo, we're waiting. Also, while you're at it, make a re-release Mario Super Sluggers for Switch, please. And Kirby Air Ride. Yes. I need, I need those remasters. Or even if you want to do a remake. You can I will allow a remake. We will allow a remake. Do you have any opinions on what we are talking about currently, Lab? So, it's it's funny. I mentioned <laughs> earlier that like video games were just like not a thing that were uh, extant within this household. Um... My mother thought I should read books, which my ADD brain also didn't want to do. So, like, this is a cultural phenomenon that just, like, entirely passed me by. Like, you lot could be speaking Ugaritic, and I would not know the difference. That's sad. Lap one day. (laughs) One day. One day. People have tried. I have watched people, like, play these games because, like, I've been at parties or just gatherings where they're being played. And it's just, like, I can tell that you all are enjoying yourselves and that is nice to be around. But I really have you don't seen, care. Have you seen the Mario Super Soccer game? Probably not. Okay. I'm going to get a GameCube. I'm going to drive out to Chicago and I'm going to make you experience this. It's it's and you're it's probably so going to be very whelmed. I'm probably gonna play it tonight now that we're talking about it. Um because oh. it's currently I'm like I'm looking at it's I'm in my room right now and I currently have my GameCube out and I know it's in my it's in my drawer. So I'm probably gonna do that once we get off. But yes, Mario Baseball. You can you could even do a thing you remember like in backyard baseball where it would be like you would have all these kids. And then you would backyard have, like, baseball slap. Like, best, yes, amazing. You could just pa- have pa- pa- Pablo Sanchez like, is the best. Pablo Sanchez is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I will be taking no questions at this time. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, have a situation where it's like, yeah, Mario at second base and at shortstop, Francisco Lindor. Like that would also be like I, I would also take that any day of the week. So, so the ending note is one of those games does legitimately exist. Uh, Nintendo made one. Uh, I'm sorry. So what? like y- Nintendo made a like all star baseball game where like you could have Patrick Starr going up against the Colorado Rockies. Oh, I think I remember, but like specifically with Nickelodeon. Yeah, specifically with Nickelodeon. I do remember this. I've seen. I've actually watched like YouTube clips of it. While the the idea of that game sounds really fun, the gameplay looks really bad. It looks so ugly. It's awful. It looks really awful. 
But yes, you can have like Patrick Star face. I don't know like what 2010, so it's like you can have like Patrick Star facing off against like Felix Hernandez. And neither and, wants it. And uh, neither. <laughs> uh, with that, I think it's going to close the door on this uh, extended episode. Uh, probably some of it will be cut out. Who knows? Maybe well, not. <laughs> Let's see how ex- motivated I am tomorrow. Uh, but I can't that, wait. Uh, See you next week when we maybe talk about, might talk about the Super Bowl. Who knows? Probably not. Unless. I'm sure we'll have to talk about the Super Bowl. Nah.